You're listening to Seth Harwood. Subscribe today at patreon.com slash Seth Harwood. That is Mark Yoshimoto Nemkov, and this is your boy Seth Harwood right here in the place. Oh man, I'm coming to you from the inside of the box today. I got the mic in here. I got somebody mowing their lawn outside. And I just wanted to drop a little quick audio to explain this replay of the video that I did the other night. Um, I'm dropping the video into YouTube. I'll give you a link to that. Uh, And if you want to see the screenshots and stuff that I was showing people, that will be there in the video. This is the audio, and I just want to set it up a little bit for you guys who I know have been listening for a long time. So I had a bit of a mixed audience there. Some were my students who didn't know the whole background of the podcasting and my efforts with publishing and all of that. And some were hardcore longtime fans like David Dubbs, uh, Jim Blanis, my man Father Rob. There were some great folks there and some other folks that wanted to show up, some other folks that were there via Twitter and things like that. So there were some people there and I had to go through a lot of stuff. I basically did an hour's worth of audio there talking about all that I've done, why I'm choosing Patreon or Patreon. Um, And it was great because I got some people to sign up. um, And I think that the audio is good enough that I'm going to give it to you. But I also want to give you a bit of a quick pitch ahead of time where I just tell you, here's the pitch for the Maltese Falcons. It's starting on May 5th. I'm going to give you the first couple chapters then and then roll out chapters regularly after that. I'm super pumped about it. You should be pumped about it too. I'm going to give you the pitch for the Maltese Jordans in a minute. Um, And then if you want to listen to the whole thing, you'll hear a couple of alternative pitches for the Maltese Jordans, a few possible spoilers in there. You'll hear a lot of thoughts about why I'm doing Patreon. And at the very end, if you listen all the way through or even fast forward through the, um, the audio from the other night's video event, you will hear me read the first chapter of the Maltese Jordans as a part of that event. So it even included a reading, which was a lot of fun, and I was glad that folks were there to appreciate that, and they really seemed to like what they heard. So um, you can stick around for that. You can also enjoy as much of the replay as you like. Like I said, it goes about an hour. So I hope you'll stick around to enjoy that replay. You can even check out my reading of chapter one at the end. And here is the promo or the pitch for the Maltese Jordans. I hope that you'll enjoy this and come back on May 5th to listen to episode one. I hope you'll subscribe on Patreon and stick with me. Patreon.com slash Seth Harwood. And I hope that we'll be together for a long time. What if Michael Jordan played one secret pickup game in summer 1996 to pay off a debt so big it would get him banned from the NBA for life? What if that game was on a private court in Malta and Jordan's parting gift was a jewel-encrusted pair of Jordan 11s for the king, a pair of shoes so special and rare that they could be worth millions if they existed? Follow Jack Palms on a hunt from San Francisco to Hawaii and back across the country as he tracks the one man who knows the truth about these shoes, a felon who just skipped Bond in San Francisco to chase his dream, and the mythical pair of sneakers that can only go by one name.
in the vein of Elmore Leonard and Carl Hyassen, with touches of Bill Simmons and Rick Riley, Seth Harwood presents his next novel, The Maltese Jordans. There you go. Cue all kinds of strong music behind that. Cue the whole deal. Listen in for why I've taken to Patreon. Basically, I want to get the audio relationship back going with you again because I really love that way of bringing out my stuff. Now Patreon has a way that I can actually use that as a publishing platform to draw money instead of trying to make money by publishing books only. I'm going to get actual compensation, patronage, support for creating the audio that I know you guys really want and that I love to put out. So I hope you'll stick around. I hope you'll come to Patreon and pledge. I hope that I'll see you or hear you or you'll hear me on Friday, May 5th. Cinco de Harwood, what's up? We're bringing it back for number three. We had Jack Wakes Up Cinco de Harwood. We had Young Junius Cinco de Harwood. And now we have the Maltese Jordans, Cinco de Harwood, 2017. So come back, stick around. You'll still get a couple of teasers here at SethHarwood.com. But if you want the whole thing, you're going to have to come over to the good ship, Patreon. And I hope I'll see you there. What follows is the audio replay of my video Q&A and Patreon Maltese Jordans event from the other night. Take care. I'll see you in your ears. And what I wanted to talk about tonight a lot is what I'm doing on Patreon and what Patreon is about. I know that uh, for you guys that are my students, one of the things that we've been talking about, well, we haven't talked so much about it, but the publishing world is a real sort of kerfluffle. Uh, there's a lot of difficulties in how to navigate it. And um, one of the things that worked for me a long time ago was doing podcasts. I was doing a lot of podcasts of my fiction, putting my stuff out serialized. Uh, Jim is here as one of my listeners. David was listening for a long time. And basically around 2007, I started putting my stuff out as audio and basically used that as a way to leverage my platform to get big enough to get major publisher attention, thinking that major publishers would sell a lot of books for me and uh, basically help me make a living by selling a lot of books. And now, years later, I've come to realize that the audio connection that I had with my listeners was totally something that I really valued and one of the most fun experiences that I've had as a writer ever. So I'm going back to the point of creating my own uh, as podcasts and putting out serialized audiobooks. I used to do it for free on my own website and iTunes and a website called podiobooks.com. Now podiobooks has gone away. Um, and basically as a writer, one of the things that I think we need to look at in today's day and age is different ways to bring in income for yourself. Um, one of them is print books. One of them is eBooks. One of them is going to be audiobooks. And in the past, I've used things like Kickstarter and big pre sale releases um, of special edition copies of certain books to come up with funding to support print runs 
and my own uh, endeavors in terms of the writing. And now I'm taking to this platform called Patreon because I think it kind of is like Kickstarter, but the problem with Kickstarter is that it takes a lot of energy just to do this one-time thing. Um, and then, you know, you raise some money. I did a Kickstarter in 2010 that was really successful, but it was a ton of energy to create. And then I raised money and, you know, that thing went away. And so now um, what I'm working on here, hope my internet connection is not going unstable for you. Mm -hmm. um, one, so what I'm working on here now is creating this uh, sustainable and consistent funding model using Patreon, which is basically a way to use crowdfunding on the internet to create sustainable and continuous streams of revenue for writers and other creatives to keep their work going and to keep working on themselves, working on their fiction. Jim, are you there? Are you hearing me now? Patreon is good because it's sustainable and it's also a way to give a lot of listeners out there what they want, which is the audio, and in some cases the fiction, and um, turn that into a revenue stream uh, that can be more consistent than publishing a book once every couple of years. Um, and so the idea is to use this in some ways for a revenue stream, but also to fund things that I need to do, such as remaster some of my older audiobooks so that I can put them onto Audible, the Amazon store, iTunes, iBooks, and other places. Um, so, I've got levels of funding that I'm looking to hit. And the one that we're getting close to is $300 a month. I've started working with a woman in New York City who does audio mastering. She's gonna take the old audio books that I did. There are five of them that I put out. Uh, I created them and basically gave them away for free for years. And now I'm sort of looking, reevaluating the world of publishing and, and seeing that you know, it's not entirely fruitful to keep giving your stuff away. I thought for a long time that just sort of growing my audience um, by giving away stuff for free would really yield benefits. And on some level, I think there's a lot of people that are just sort of out there on the internet looking for free stuff and never really want to get involved with a creator or um, reciprocate. They're just going to find some free stuff and then go to the next free stuff and then the next free stuff. And so, you know, having had hundreds of thousands of people listen to my audiobooks and still not breaking out, thanks, Jim, and still not breaking out um, in terms of a larger sales numbers, I've just started to realize that I need to do things a bit differently here. And honestly, the thing that prompted this was feeling like um, I either needed to come up with something new or I was considering basically not writing anymore, which was a hard decision for me. Writing has been such a part of my life. And when I started proposing this to people, they were like, well, you can't do that. Writing is such a part of you. Uh, but just looking at the numbers and saying, you know, I have a family now. Um, we bought a house. And, you know, given how much you make when you sell a book and your publisher puts it out and you sell copies, you know, at a certain point, it becomes a tough decision. And so 
what I decided to do was go back to the web and I saw some authors such as Mike Bennett and others who have been really continuing the podcast method and doing a great thing with it by using Patreon. So I came back to Patreon and I've started creating my page over here on Patreon now. If you head over to Patreon, you can see um, the landing page has sort of a video of me explaining what my next project is and what Patreon is. Uh, there's some talk about who I am and what I'm doing. These are all the books that I podcasted before. I did a Jack Palms novel called Shake, called Jack Wakes Up, which I podcasted for free starting in 2006. Were you with me back then, David? Yep, I sure was. You're yeah. awesome. Jim <laughs> too, I think. So we put out Jack Wakes Up uh, for free. It got picked up by a small publisher using um, the fan support that I had through my podcast on my website. We were able to <clears throat> help that book reach number 45 on Amazon when it came out from the small publisher. And the next morning, uh, an agent in New York wanted to contact, wanted to be in touch with me and help me um, basically sell the book to a bigger publisher in New York City. A year later, it came out from uh, Three Rivers Press, which was part of Random House. Uh, we did that. It was in Barnes and Nobles, coast to coast. And the fact of the matter was that a lot of it still came to rely on me and how I could reach out to a community and create a community and sell my books. So, you know, several publishers later, I'm still looking at that. I'm still looking at um, how I can interact with you guys. And the thing is, like, honestly, for me, creating the audio has been one of the most fun things that I've done as a writer and having people listen to the weekly audio episodes. Uh, talking to them at the beginning and the end of the audio and um, you know, having that connection where I can say, you know, this is what's going on. Here's this week's episode. This is what's going on with me. This is what's coming next. If you really want to get involved, here are some things that you can do to help. Um, and then hearing back from people on a regular basis when they're listening to that. So I wanted to get back into the audio. And so Patreon gives me the opportunity to do that in a way that it's not just me giving something away um, and doing it as kind of a pet project or the reason why initially when I started it was just kind of to have my stuff out there in a way that people could interact with it, some sort of library shelf kind of idea. And now I'm in libraries, I'm in bookstores. Uh, and so I want to be able to put my stuff out to people and have them really interact with it. So what happened this fall was, uh, one of the students in our workshop is a guy named Rich, and I showed him this book that I that I had written several years ago, which I was calling the Maltese Jordans. And he read it, and he loved it. And honestly, I loved this book as well. But when I tried to pitch it to my publisher um, a few years ago, they really wanted to lead with this other book that I was working on, which eventually became Everyone Pays. And the part of the big reason why they wanted to do that was because that book has a female lead character and they really thought that using the Kindle platform and Amazon, they could sell it more to their readers than they could sell another Jack Palms book. And so we put that out and in the back of my mind, I was thinking, you know, this is really the book that I love. The Maltese Jordans is what I want to do. And so now, 
this is a way that I can bring the Maltese Jordans directly to you guys. We deal with our man, Jack Palms, who we've had three podcast novels of before. And basically, um, I'm going to start putting it out on May 5th. I'll give you guys just a few more um, thoughts about what's going on with Patreon and explanation of Patreon. And then I'll tell you a little bit more about the book. Does anyone have any questions? Good. It's great to see some folks here who've supported for a while and purchased books in different iterations. Um, so part of the thing with Patreon is that there's free content that comes out, but the Maltese Jordans is going to be part of um, a project that happens behind a paywall. So I'll have different reward levels, similar to I did, how I did on Kickstarter. And then based on what reward level feels uh, numerically smart for you, or what reward you want, you choose your level. And so this week I released at the 10, for people at the $10 level, they get um, text updates or text advances uh, from the new content. So they got the first couple chapters of the Maltese Jordans uh, this past week so that they could read them. And for a lot of people, the audio is what they want because it's easier to digest. You can listen in the car, you can listen when you're exercising or doing anything else. So that's where the $3 level comes in. That's where you get the downloads, the MP3s of the new episodes as each one comes out. And this is the feed. If you're just on Patreon without uh, pledging anything, you don't get a particular RSS. But once you pledge onto Patreon, it will give you an RSS that's specifically tagged to you. And you can load that into iTunes or um, whatever sort of podcatcher device you like using there's also a really cool patreon app for the iphone and um samsung or whatever kind of uh smartphone you have so um you can get your content through the the patreon app or through itunes or whatever you like uh or you'll also get emails from them that says there's new there's something new on seth's page go check it out and so at three dollars you get the mp3s at $5, you get um, additional content, um, extra scenes, early snips of what I'm up to, regular inside. At $10, you get the text versions. Um, you can submit questions for Q and A's like this. And then it goes up from there um, to the point where uh, you get to beta read a story or a partial chap several chapters of a novel. Um, you get signed copies. Uh, some people get to do one-on-one -on -one with me teaching them, which, which you guys are doing, some of you in the class already, through a different system. But here, uh, you can get regular exercises from me, and I read your writing and get back to you at certain higher levels. And one awesome fan is at the $100 level, and he already got the whole Maltese Jordan's book to read this week. So he's checking it out. Uh, there's rewards that go up from there, and I won't spend a lot of time on that with you guys. Basically, uh, I've been putting out stories from a long way from Disney and new Jack Palms content, or old Jack Palms content, and then soon we're gonna get to the new Jack Palms content. Um, and basically the plan is to release this book episodically through serialized audio until um, I complete it, which will probably take 
several months. Uh, and then I'll take that audio, put it into a finished audio book that I can then sell on Audible and Amazon. Uh, and at that point, I'll put out the ebook and the print copy and stuff like that. And at, at a certain point along the way, I'll be interacting with publishers. But right now, I'm just sort of doing it on my own without a publisher, which feels like the right move to me. So any thoughts or questions? Some of you guys who've been listening for a while might know Jack Palms and the Jack Palms stories. Uh, when Jack wakes up and this is life, uh, we meet Jack Palms who is a one-time uh, hit action star in a Hollywood movie. He's kind of a one-hit wonder in Hollywood and kind of burns out on the LA scene in a tailspin of drug addiction and all kinds of stuff. And so here, after he's sort of gone through several novels, brokering drug deals and getting into stuff that's just way too crazy for him, uh, he has kind of turned to bounty hunting a little bit. So this is sort of the pitch for Jack Wakes Up, or for the Maltese Jordans. Jack Palms has turned to bounty hunting and goes after a guy who embezzled big money from an accounting firm in San Francisco. As Jack investigates, he finds an awesome sneaker collection in this guy's house. And from there, he finds out that the guy has run to Kauai, Hawaii, back to his roots, and Jack has to follow him. Wow, I need to edit this a little bit. When Jack finally tracks him down in Hawaii, it turns out that this guy has gone back there to use the money that he stole from San Francisco to get these rare pair of Michael Jordan sneakers that nobody actually thinks exists from these guys named the Kaloa brothers who are a weird Kauai meth gang of brothers that all have funny names. And are super <laughs> so he's going back to Hawaii. So Jack is going back to Hawaii following, following this guy. Um, and there's this rumor that there are these pair of Jordan sneakers that Jordan wore in this one time event, uh, playing in a pickup game for the king of Saudi Arabia or the king of Malta. It's unclear. Uh, but we don't know that much about the shoes. For years and years, they've been sort of rumored on the internet to be actually something that exists and pictures have shown up at certain points. But these guys actually think they have the official sneakers that Michael Jordan wore in this pickup game for the Saudi king. Uh, in 1996. Um, these were a pair of sneakers that Jordan wore just for the pickup game and then gave to the king their Jordan 11s, their gold, and have jewels on them. And there's been all kinds of speculation about them. <laughs> so that's sort of the pitch for the book. There's an alternative pitch, <clears throat> which is what if Michael Jordan played one secret pickup game in summer 1996 to pay off a debt so big it would get him banned from the NBA for life. There's this whole weird rumor thing that the first time Jordan retired, he was actually forced out of the NBA because they thought he was going to go down in a big series of flames about gambling like Pete Rose had. Yeah. So there are some conspiracy theorists who think that David Stern actually pushed him out of the league because of some weird things that Jordan said. Anyway, 
what if that game was on a private court in Malta and Jordan's parting gift was a jewel encrusted pair of Jordan 11s for the king, a pair of shoes so special and rare that they could be worth millions if they existed? Follow Jack Palms on a hunt from San Francisco to Hawaii and back across the country as he tracks the one man who knows the truth about these shoes, a felon who just skipped Bond to chase his dream and the mythical pair of sneakers that can only go by one name. The Maltese Jordans. So, <laughs> so for a long, so I've sort of had this, I grew up playing basketball. I've had this kind of sneaker thing that I've been repressing for the majority of my life. Uh, and then recently, um, I started researching this book, writing this book, following these characters through several different collections of sneakers that different characters had and it turns out and i've sort of fell into research that blew up this whole world of sneaker heads that are now having giant con uh, conventions buying and selling sneakers michael jordan sneakers are actually still the highest selling sneaker that exists in the market today like michael jordan sneakers he's not playing anymore and the sneakers that they release a new pair of jordans each year like jordan 31 or 33 or something Nobody really buys those. The only people who buy those um, are just wearing them to play basketball. But for style, the Jordans that came out while he was still playing, this is a guy who retired in like 98. The ones that came out while he was still playing are still getting re-released every week by Nike in different colorways and styles. And those sneakers outsell the combined sneaker sales of LeBron, Kevin Durant, Kobe and Steph Curry, the next four like biggest sneaker deal players around. Throw in anybody, Kyrie, Paul George, all those guys thrown together don't sell as many sneakers in a year as Jordan does. So there's a, basically a crazy sneakerhead thing going on right now with the kids these days. Uh, and I started researching it, buying sneakers as research so that I could write them off on my taxes. But that's the kind of stuff that you do when you're a writer. You go to Hawaii, you write a story that takes place in Hawaii so that you can write off that trip. Then you start writing a book and realize that sneakers come into play in it. So you start buying up sneakers so that um, you can write those off. And now I have not a ton, but I have a certain number of Jordans. These are some that I got this year. These are made out of wool. These are wool Jordan 3s. When Michael Jordan first uh, won the dunk contest by dunking from the foul line in about 1990, I think, or 91. He was wearing a, mod, a pair of Jordan 3s. Now they're released in all wool, tons of different colors. All these things, crazy things are happening in the world of Nike and Jordan sneakers. Jordan himself has made a bazillion dollars. And basically, I just follow this obsession that I have or, or liking for basketball sneakers and started finding some weird facts about Jordan's career, the whole retirement scandal, the conspiracies around that. And I wrote this book that I really am excited about. And so basically I decided that I need to bring it out to the world. The people who've read it are really excited about it. Um, a friend of mine from Iowa read it. Rich has read it. And, um, these people are really excited about it and I really want to bring it out. I'm a little disappointed in what would happen if I just brought it out in print, either working with a publisher or doing it myself. 
And so I want to get back to the audio, releasing it for free via my website isn't as much fun as trying to get things going on Patreon so that I can pay for things like production, pay for things like mastering the audio to make it sound better for when it goes on Audible, uh, pay for things like lights and, and fancy cameras and you know a good microphone and stuff like that, maybe a new computer one of these days. So um, that's the way that I'm doing it. And right now on Patreon, um, I've got, I've, I put up the Patreon page a little over a month ago. Um, it took me a long time to get my video created. And now I just got a note from Jim that says that we've broken through the $300 mark today, which is $300 a month. So now we've got, um, and at $300 a month, I can afford to have this woman in New York um, start to do mastering of In Broad Daylight and Jack Wakes Up. Those are the books that are really ready in terms of the audio files being big chunky files that she can work with and make better. And I can put those on Audible. To put it on Audible, I need to separate everything into chapters. And so only those two books I've already done that for. Um, but here you can see, so we've, we've reached 40 patrons. We're at $302 a month. This is, I think, the third month that I've started into it. So now I can basically afford to do have her master one book a month, get those out onto Audible for the first five books. And the next goal is $600. At $600 per month, I can commit to making two episodes per month of new fiction. Um, the long-term goal here is to podcast uh, the Maltese Jordans through the summer and into the fall doing one or two episodes a month and then um after that i'll podcast the kurt vonnegut novel that I wrote called as much protein as an egg uh which i think you guys are really gonna like it's a lot of fun it talks about writing and it's really cool so basically that is the plan of what i'm doing on look there's father rob you have a shirt on. <laughs> no shirt on. This is what happens when you get folks coming from all the internet. Yes, in broad daylight, Jim is talking about in uh, the Kickstarter thing. I'm Kilgore Trout. I'm not Kilgore Trout, but in in the book, as much protein as an egg, the great nephew of Kilgore Trout is one of the characters in is Artemis Kellogg. And he meets a famous writer by the name of Bainbridge McGee. And basically they go through an exchange about how to become a good writer, what it means to be a good writer, while there is time travel and other Kurt Vonnegut type stuff like that. Rob, hello, how are you? Nice shirt. The Sigler special. Thanks for joining us. No worries. <clears throat> Rob has put a, a couple of comments on the page. Um, Bennett pledged tonight. And, you know, the great thing is, you know, with you guys getting this stuff to happen, being able to tell you about this, and then also seeing uh, the pledges come in, seeing the support happen. That's what really 
is exciting as a writer. I mean, before any of this happened with getting books into stores, some of you guys know about this from back in the day, like when you guys were there listening and I knew that you wanted the next book and the next book, that was really exciting. And honestly, in some ways more exciting than having books into stores where you don't really hear from anyone. You hear from your editor and, and they wanna to talk to you and tell you good things about your book, but only for a little while. Uh, and so having that regular interaction with readers and fans and listeners, that's been something that I've really enjoyed. So I'm happy to get back to that. I'm happy to bring you guys the Patreon site uh, and see some of you already pledging and, and getting associated with um, certain reward levels there. Uh, the $3 level is where the audio for Maltese Jordans will start. And then up from there, you can get different things. Uh, and Jeannie has already pledged. I thank you, Jeannie. Jim just pledged tonight. Bennett pledged tonight. And uh, I'll leave it up to the rest of you guys to see what works for you. So that is the plan. And that is my basic state of the union with regard to where I sit with publishing, the ups and the downs, a little bit of a late career feeling like I'm starting over at square one. Uh, but I think that's the name of the game in publishing for a lot of us. And so as my students in writing, I really encourage you guys to find love in the craft of creating. Um, and, you know, when it comes time to put a book out, I've always said that the audio can be a really great way to find readers and interact with them. So I'm excited to get back to that. Can I answer any questions? Rob, you raised your hand. You're fast with the tech. <laughs> All right, there we go. Um, I, don't know, I asked about the Orange Julius comment that you used in the one book there. Um, Can you speak up a little bit? Yeah, I was, <clears throat> I don't know, is it working? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, I was wondering about Orange Julius in your uh, one novel. Did you ever get <laughs> Orange Julius? Yeah. The slushy drinks? But yeah, did they ever come after you or anything like that? Orange Julius? Yeah, that's what you called. Uh, you kept on saying that or was using that as the cover art on the one, one book. And I can't remember what book it is. Young Junius. Yeah, Orange Junius, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, we had just had a couple, no, we didn't have a lot of visuals with that. We had visuals that were like Pond's cold cream, and we had one Orange Julius visual. No, the thing that people were coming after me was for the Jack Daniels stuff. A long time ago, some of my listeners started making uh, Jack Palms primed California detective t-shirts using the Jack Palm, using the Jack Daniels filigree. Um, graphic and i was selling those uh on the internet in some what i thought was kind of a hidden place and so the jack daniels lawyers started coming after me but no the orange julius lawyers did not come after me the jack daniels folks just wanted me to cease and desist and there's actually a website that still sells a lot of that old school um jack palm stuff it's still on zazzle i just found it recently i'm like reconnecting with all of this old stuff that was on the web uh and so there's still a lot of funny jack palms t-shirts and hats and stuff you can get on zazzle.com uh but the jack daniels filigree has disappeared completely 
Although somewhere I still have the art for it, I think. And we could find a clandestine way of, of making more of those shirts. <laughs> but uh, somewhere around here, if you look at the video on Patreon, um, there's a couple of really cool cameos in this video. Um, I don't know how to play this without muting it. So I don't know if you guys have had a chance to watch this yet, but it's kind of a fun video. It's only a minute 45. Basically, it's me talking about what I've done, showing some of the Jordans that I've picked up lately uh, and showing some of the covers that we did. Um, and sort of down the road, you can see some of the readings that I've done or fans with different copies of the books. That's Joel Gerhold. Uh, Eric Meters. Some of these names have find their, found their ways into books as well. These are some uh, rough characters that came to a New York reading that I did. There's my daughter. There's one cameo. Um, this kid lives. Oh, I, I forget. There's my stepmom with a Jordan. This is me in New York at a store that sells a bazillion. And that's my dad. And this, that's Uncle Stu and Aunt Connie. And they are now covered by Stephen Colbert, but they are wearing the old t-shirts. I thought they were wearing the Jack Daniels ones, but they're not. Somewhere I have a picture of them wearing the Jack Daniels ones. So these are the new Jordan sneakers that I've picked up through my extensive research. And this is the old typewriter. And this is a shelf with a whole bunch of the books. And that's what we've got. So where do I put the comments at the type? Uh, Jim is asking for a link to that video. Um, it's on YouTube somewhere, but if you just go to the Patreon page, it's on the main thing of my Patreon page. And the website for that is uh, patreon.com slash Seth Harwood. If I was really crafty and had thought of a lot of things ahead of time, I would have put that into the video. Here, I'll just put it into the chat. But if you go to that link, then you can see um, the video and the reward levels and all that good stuff. How about you guys that are my students in writing fiction now? I know most of you are, are sort of far from thinking about the publishing game. Are there any publishing questions that I can answer about why I'm doing this or what this is? No, you've just convinced me not to quit my day job. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Your day job is probably a pretty good thing. Yeah, digging ditches. Yeah, well, you know, writing can feel that way too. I mean, one of the things about the writing life that I really like is the freedom, and I've been able to spend a lot of time with my daughter. Uh, and I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to live now in Massachusetts and teach these online classes for Harvard and Stanford. I get great students. Uh, I don't have to be on campus anywhere and I can live out here in the sticks. Um, yeah, and family is important. So I'm back on the East Coast, I'm closer to my family. I'm teaching and I'm writing and I'm hanging out with my daughter and it's great. And I wanna get back to, to creating new fiction. 
And so I see the Patreon way as a way to bridge where I am now to podcasting these books that I've already written, releasing them, and then using that to sustain the work as I get to creating new stuff to bring out to Patreon. Yeah, Jeannie. I, I really, um, as I was watching uh, Patreon unfold, um, I really thought you're being very clever by your flexibility to uh, disseminate your writing to as many people as possible. I, I think what's frustrating, it must be frustrating as a writer, is to crank out good books, but you know, what is the publisher doing to promote the books? I, I don't know. I don't know. You know far better than me. So if this keeps you writing, Seth, I'm really thrilled. And I'll subscribe until I die. So Hooray! That my children will continue to subscribe. I don't know. But um, I'm really encouraged that you're not giving up and that you're going to continue to write. I enjoyed the Jack. Um, novels. I also enjoyed the novels that you wrote with with the female detectives. I, I they're just awesome, and it's really um, disquieting to me how well you seem to know women and their inner thoughts. And and it's it's I think it's really difficult for for men to kind of to know that all these thoughts blast through our heads. Where you guys just do what you want and need to be done. But with women, we constantly have to assess how people view us. And, and the fact that you latched onto that, it tells me that you must have a lot of women friends that kind of let you know what's going on. I mean, I, I don't know. How did you figure all this out? I think it's really writing. I mean, writing is kind of like acting in that you really sort of think your way into other people's shoes. And, and so you bring that to the page and you really create that alternative world seen through someone else's eyes. And I think it just comes from really a long time of working on like, I mean, that's the thing. Like I've been working on writing since 95. Uh, it's a lot of years now. And so, you know, I've put a lot into this. I've really honed this craft. And so it's important to me to be able to keep doing this craft and sustain it and uh, find different ways to bring it out. And so, you know, 10 years ago, basically, I found some really innovative ways to bring my work out to people. And kind of the goal at that point was to get enough recognition so that big publishing or traditional publishing would take me on. And, you know, any of you that has been paying any attention to what happens in publishing know that writers don't get their contract renewed or their books don't sell enough or you know, any number of things. It's similar to what you see in the music industry. And so being able to come back to this sort of cutting edge technology feels good because it's kind of back on the forefront of people trying different things. It's not something um, static or, or unchanging. You know, I thought I was doing something really forefront and uh, ahead of the game when I signed with Amazon Publishing. Uh, a couple of years ago, and they were able to do really well in terms of the promotion and the marketing on In Broad Daylight, but the game is really shifting for them, and sometimes you wonder if they're really interested in selling Prime or making TV shows or selling Kindles, and so they've instituted some new policies that make it much harder for them to sell a lot of title, a lot of copies of any particular book, and so when you look at how much work you put into writing a book like Everyone Pays, um, you know, they did a great product. They did a great job of producing the book, um, editing, and 
layout and all that. And they produced a great audio book with some top-notch act, acting talent. But I really love to read the books myself and put them out and, and let people hear them and respond to my voice. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it feels good to be back in a way that I can connect with readers. I can hear from you guys. I can show you my appreciation for your support. And um, it also feels really good to, to feel like I'm sort of taking the game back into my own hands as opposed to just saying like, oh, I hope this publisher will do really well by me. Please put this book out and have something great happen. And, you know, whether it was with Random House, who spent a lot of money to put copies of Jack Wakes Up in every Barnes & Noble across the country, not a lot of copies of Barnes I mean, you know, Barnes & Noble only took like one or two copies for each store. But Random House spent a lot of money to put copies in all those Barnes & Nobles. But in today's publishing world, Barnes & Noble sends those back to their factory, you know, six to eight weeks after they've arrived in the store. So how much is it really worth in my effort and my attempt to sign with a big publisher and in their money to get those books to be in a Barnes & Noble spying out for less than two months? You know, it's a question that a lot of writers are asking themselves and, and that I was asking myself and scratching my head about 10 years ago, which is why uh, we did the, the pre-release for Young Junius where we sold the special editions to raise money for the print run. Uh, and then I did the Kickstarter for Jack Palms 2. Um, Rob asked, what's the difference between Kickstarter and Patreon? Basically, uh, they're both pretty similar in that they take a huge amount of effort to create, like to create a Kickstarter event, a Kickstarter page takes a lot of effort. You have to really plan it out. You have to do the outreach to people. Um, you have to take, take the time to make that video and edit that video that goes on the Kickstarter page. Same with Patreon. Uh, but Kickstarter is a one-time event. So I did it in 2010. We raised $7,000. It was great. A lot of that money went into shipping uh, books out to people and into paying for the print run of those books. So, you know, it wasn't a big financial take home for me. A lot of it was to cover costs for this print run, um, but it was, it was great. You know, the Kickstarter was, was one of my bigger triumphs in that it really felt connecting with folks and having them value the work. Uh, so Patreon is a lot like that, but, it enables you to pledge at lower level and then pledge consistently. So I was saying earlier, a lot of people are touching their screens, so I'm gonna mute you. And um, basically the, the Patreon thing is that it's sustainable. Um, I make the Patreon page, I spend a lot of time creating it, and then it's there and people, okay, have fun at soccer. Thanks for coming, Jeannie. We'll see you next month. Thanks for pledging. So the Patreon model is really sustainable. And, um, you know, once I put it up and get folks to come to it and pledge, you know, then I can keep creating the podcast and putting it out month to month um, and pay for things like the mastering and that stuff, but also get some level of income coming in from creating the audio, which pays for the hours that I spend doing the recordings and editing the recordings and writing the fiction. Does that answer your question, Rob? Rob, can you hear me? 
Uh-oh, did we lose Rob? <laughs> He's probably reading the Patreon page. Um, so basically, those are the differences. Yes, good. Can you hear me, Rob? Okay, good. Yeah, so those are the big differences between Kickstarter and Patreon. And Patreon started a few years ago by this guy who was in this band called Pomplamoose. And he basically was doing Kickstarter and stuff like that and making a lot of money. But he would spend like $10,000 to make a fancy music video and then put it on YouTube. And even though he had a huge number of fans who would, yeah, he's got, yeah, they, she's in Pomplamoose too. Um, so you know them. So uh, even though he had a lot of fans on YouTube watching his videos, um, it just wasn't working out for him to spend $10,000 making a video and then not have that much coming back to him once he had made it. And so he came up with this idea for Patreon and created it so that basically crowdfunding could create patrons for creatives and pay regularly to support their work. So it's a monthly payment system. Uh, you can pause or cancel at any time. Um, you can come in at different reward levels and at any level that you come in, I appreciate it a lot. <laughs> Jim has a question on Kickstarter. We're getting pretty close to the time that I told everyone I would wrap up. So maybe I'll just read the first page of the Maltese Jordans. You guys up for that? Sure. Okay, cool. Uh, I'll show you the actual screen on Scrivener, which is this um, program that I use for writing. And These are all the different uh, chapter titles over here. There's four parts. You can see the name of part one is the runner and part two is the shoes. I won't let the cats out of the bag with the names of the other parts, but I will read the first page to you. It wasn't long before the bail bondsmen called. Once they heard I was hunting people, they got after me to do their jobs. If you've done any chasing, you're bound to get a call when they're desperate, which is most of the time. It was enough I had worked with Mills Hopkins, helped the F SFPD, and touched bases with the feds. These got me into their system. Call it a database, radar. Call it whatever you like. It meant I was getting phone calls, invitations, even without having my license. They didn't care. Dog the bounty hunter had people crazy, thinking anyone tough could do the job, and somehow in people's minds I fit that bill. Thanks again to shake them down. When the bounty was high enough or I needed the cash, I took a job. This one was different. Sure, the money was right. That was part of it. But the bigger part was the mark. This runner, he was from Hawaii and headed home. I was thinking, all I was thinking this all over hard, chewing a straw, listening on my end of the phone to Joe Lenardi, a club soda sitting on my table next to a shrimp Louis salad I hadn't touched. All this at my favorite bar in Sausalito, looking out over the marina. The sun shone down on the bay, and I shivered a little in my coat as a mid-January breeze blew in. Joe Linardi was the bondsman who had the ticket, a million-dollar bond skipped out on. 
and this Mark was no idiot, according to Joe. He's a real fucking genius, certified FG. That's why I called you, Jack. This job needs your wits and particular set of capabilities. You tell that to the other five guys you called first? You know I did. He laughed, ever the charmer. But they aren't my favorite action movie star, are they? You know what I'm talking about. Ed Jack, Jackie boy. I grunted in the positive. I'd heard his flattery before. Either I was great at what I did, somebody's favorite actor, or the man candy a guy's wife's wife lusted after. None of them really added motivation. It was all about the money. I cared how much I'd be paid and how badly I needed it. Right then, I could use it pretty bad. Mortgage was up and the Mustang needed a new suspension. Joe kept on about his guy, this mark called Mayor Modi. A real shyster, he was saying. Embezzled into eight figures from his firm. White collar crime. Smart ass goes down, he spends a few years in a flipping country club. But this dickhead runs. His people all in Hawaii. That make you want to help? It did. Truth was, that was the best thing Joe had said so far. I knew I was soft to think of any month in the Bay Area as a real winter. But anyone I knew had just gotten back from someplace, skiing or warm shores and I'd had the thought of escaping kicking around in my head. My old East Coast self would have vomited in shame at the thought of running from a winter as mild as the Bay Area's. 60 degree days and hardly any rain in recent years, but there it was. Just a mention of Hawaii turned me on. So why not, he said, or are you even still there, you fucking piece of shit has-been? Whoa, big fella, easy now. He speaks, thought I'd lost you. Maybe you just did. Let's not break balls. You want this or don't you? Pays an even 50. 75. 60. That was all he had to say. I needed money and 60 large filled the hole. I was in. Done. Email me the deets. I hung up, paying him back for his shot below the belt. Sure, I couldn't get pissy about anyone using the truth of my long-lost acting career to get my attention. But I didn't need to act nice about it either. That's great. Thanks. There you go. That's chapter one. And we're off and running with the Maltese Jordans. Oh, yeah. Then Jim makes the interesting point that the other Jack Palms books had not been um, first person. And now this one is first person. Yeah, so in a week, I'll be putting that out with more. Uh, Jim asks a question. On the subject of Vonnegut and Kil Kilgore Trout, someone should do a novelization of Shake Em Down, like how Philip Jose Farmer wrote Venus on the Half Shell as Kilgore Trout. It's an interesting question. If you can do a novelization of Snakes on the Plane, I think I can do a novelization of Shake Em Down. And maybe that'll be the next thing that I work on after we podcast Maltese Jordans and as much protein as an egg. And that's one of the things about Patreon is that I can give you guys polls, ask questions. You can give me feedback on what projects you'd like to see happen next. And it enables a lot of interaction. So I'm excited to bring that back. Eager to get started and glad that you guys are here to join me as I kick it off. Raise my empty glass of tea to you. <laughs> 
thanks a lot for coming. Uh, I appreciate it. And uh, I'll see you guys soon on the Patreon. I'm going to stop the recording. You're listening to Seth Harwood. Subscribe today at patreon.com slash Seth Harwood.